Alright, welcome everybody back for episode 19 of the Canberra Football Show Eminem Podcast, bringing to you a little bit of a special edition. We, uh, well, not special as in, uh, as in exciting news, it's more a devastating news, but uh, we, I did say that um, we'll bring back another episode once we found out what the decisions were in terms of Kappa Football cutting teams and their restructuring. It's happened now. Um, not only has it happened, so we've had one person, one team being cut from MPLW, which was Monaro Panthers. We've had one team being cut from MPL2, which was Narabunda. There's a little more to that story, actually, which we'll touch on a little later. And also, Kappa Football decided to restructure the MPL youth competition, which I believe was at... I believe it was at 12 teams, if I'm not mistaken. So they had another four teams and they split it into MPL 1 youth, MPL 2 youth. But the interesting thing there, as we'll discuss a little later, is that they put some uh, three of the youth teams of the senior teams, which was Tuggeranong, Tigers, and Monaro were put in the second division. And that can have a few consequences in terms of that. And we have a interview with... Um, Monaro, who were willing to participate, I reached out to Narabunda, who uh, declined to comment on this situation as well, because uh, we are mostly focusing on the two sides that we have discussed all season, because obviously we cover MPL1, MPL2, and MPLW. So, first and foremost, though, I have Jeremy McGann back with me. Jeremy, how are you? I'm good, Matt. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, a bit disappointing considering two, uh, two mm-hmm. teams and uh, were cut from the competition. Uh, which is uh, never great to see, and more importantly, that's like a lot of you know youth and a lot of um, pathways that are being uh, cut now. But so let's just let, let's just start with what Phil Brown said. Um, he announced it was uh, put on the website. Um, he, yeah, he he essentially just said, "Look, I express my thanks to all the clubs for their efforts in submitting resubmitting their applications. So every single club had to resubmit, and outlining their commitment to developing football across Canberra and the Capital Region." The eight-team format with three rounds across each of our MPL competitions will deliver competitive and challenging matches that will showcase a very high level of football. We will now turn our attention to preparing to deliver the 2021 MPL competitions. So now he said this, Jeremy, when it was announced which teams had made it. And so essentially the route, well, the talk around is that they want everything to be eight teams. They feel like this will sort of help the competitiveness of every comp. What are your general, you know, what were your general thoughts? Let's not talk about the what we discussed last time, but what were your general thoughts when you found out that they did decide to go through and cut Monaro and Narabunda specifically? Uh, look, to be honest, it looked like they were going to do it. We, we just hoped that they would um, turn around because of, you know, a COVID year and the, the certainty of the decision being made. Uh, but but if, you, if you're in their shoes, it, it maybe makes sense, you know, to have eight teams everywhere and to try and keep it uniform. Uh, it's easier for scheduling. Uh, it's sort of a bit more fair to every single division. Everyone's playing the same amount of uh, games. It's easier as far as men to have a division one and a division two, uh, given that promotion and relegation happened this year onwards for the men as well as the, the youth. Hopefully it does happen for both. Uh, so, so all those things, I'm more than happy to understand why you're doing it and and the uh, uh, how it can be good for football to do it. If you think that there's not enough players to to be able to do a competition with 16 teams, which you know it's it's probably a bit hard here. I understand that you want to go to eight and do two divisions. So for the f- the fact that they've gone through with the process, um, I can be okay with it. Again, my issue is always in the the time frame, the timeline in which it was done. 
Indeed. So let's start with MPLW. They, of course, cut Monaro, and we were think we were the rumors were it was either going to be Tuggeranong, Monaro, or Woden Western. Which, everyone, by the way, if you haven't heard, they are now Western Canberra Wanderers. Now, no Western. more Western Western. West West Canberra Wanderers. West Canberra Wanderers. West Canberra Wanderers. There we go. West Canberra Wanderers. It just confused me a little bit because, of course, there's Western Malonglo as well. So now we've got... WCW, which is uh, also a wrestling company, isn't it? It was a wrestling company about <laughs> twenty, about 19 years ago. I'm not young. And, <laughs> and WCW is also Wagga City Wanderers as well. It is. Getting closer to them. So now, so now we've got another team that is a Western team, as in like Western Malongolo, and then we've also got another WCW, which is Western, sorry, which is uh, Walker City Wanderers. It's going to make the preview and the rap harder to write. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, no more, yeah, Malagmanship letters one off for us. But either way, so let's talk about let's talk about that. Um, before we get um, our interview with Paul up, um, so Monaro, this is of course they haven't competed well over the past two seasons and of course they finished last uh most recently how in terms of monaro i know it was all about you know progression how are they gonna you know build for next season and we saw in the off season they uh wasted no time brought in emma, emma stanbury uh, obviously a very big name having played w league herself as she wanted to start a career, Paul Townsley was moving into the director for women's role, so he was going to have more of an oversee on how he wants things to go. And the thing that concerns me about this is, um, I, I, I was of the belief they should have never cut a team because you're trying they because they keep talking about how they need to grow women's football, grow women's football. Now you're cutting. My issue was you're always going to cut a team that has a big juniors base. And we all know Monaro, Tugger, and Woden, all three of them have massive juniors bases. And let's not forget Monaro also uh, combined with Brindabella, who also has a massive juniors base. Uh, Monaro, um, either they return to state league or they figure out another option. But them, along uh, with anyone else who would have been cut, uh, will now, I'm sure, have some financial issues in that regard because uh, we also have a president, uh, we also have a interview with the president coming up and he stated that they actually lost quite a bit of money on sponsors because they wanted to sponsor women's football and he said it was something to the effect of $30,000 which could be you know in jeopardy for the women's game because these sponsors wanted to sponsor women's football so for you Jeremy in terms of that how does someone like Monaro you know come back um, from this decision uh, look we and we'll hear it afterwards with uh, with Paul's interview when uh, and with um uh, Anthony as well. Uh, it's it's just it's just a shame to cut a team altogether. At the end of the day, um, what what we want to think about first and foremost is the girls, is the players, uh, the players that are not going to be able to play in NPLW anymore in their club. Uh, and you know, and some of them, I'm sure, will be able to find a club somewhere else. But some of them maybe live in here and and actually can't. Um, can't go to the city or can't go uh, what 10, 15, 20 minutes away um, driving to be able to find a new club. So to me, that's the that's the the thing that really bothers me: the fact that you are taking away high-level football from an area which is known for its youth. It's uh, you know it's Queen Bean, it's Monaro, it's Gugong, uh, it's a little bit of the east of Canberra. Um, I, I think there's a lot of resources on that side of town, uh, which unfortunately, as far as women football, won't be able to have. 
and PLW. Again, to, to me, the main issue is the um, the certainty of the decision. You know, I, I understand that. Um, talking talking with Paul as well, he says that in the interview, uh, the review was um, done in 2016, 2017, 2017, 2018, uh, and then decision was made um, to to make it happen at the end of this season. But then COVID hit. Uh, so in, in my mind, if you're going to make the decision, make the decision at the beginning of the season and tell the club at the end of the season you don't have a team anymore. So get you know get sorted, get your budget in line for next year. Don't start trials. Don't sign a coach who played in W League and make it a big announcement to try and get players to come in. You know don't make me don't make uh, a team like Monaco waste all this time planning for next season if you're going to to cut them. It's it's early enough to cut them. I I, I don't I'm not saying it's not. Uh, but it's been such a hard year. You're you're doing that to them at the end of the year, uh, when it, it wouldn't have been a, it wouldn't have been great to have nine teams because they can't play as much. But sure enough, another year of that would have been okay if you just let a team know. Look, we've looked at your numbers. Uh, we've looked at it was what was it the number of players, the a number of diplomas in the the coaching diplomas, and the um, and the results. Uh, we've looked at all those three, and you know, making the cut. At least, you know, uh, at least a guy like Paul Townsley can actually know that he's going to shake hands with the the Monaco president and say, at the end of next season, I'm not here anymore. Now he's in between, you know, he's between a, a, a chair and a hard rock. I don't know what the expression is in a, in English, uh, but yeah, he's stuck because you know you want to stick with the club who gave you a chance, but now you can't be in NPLW anymore. And what if in two or three months Monaco turns around and say, look, actually, we can't really have you in that position anymore. But all the other clubs already found their coach or sporting director. So now, so now he's he ends up being stuck into between a rock and a hard place. That's that's the right expression. Um, so so that that was what I mean. The fact that the decision comes very suddenly, that clubs, coaches, and players are the ones suffering from it. When in my mind, um, you could have done that with, I guess, a, a better timeline. My only hope again, and, and I will always think about the players first. My only hope is that behind that, uh, uh, you know, uh, a company like Capital Football goes to every single player from that NPLW uh, program in Monaco and tell them, hey, this club look for people in your age group. That club looks for people in your age group. This club, that club, which club would you like to play with? Let us, let us try and help you. My only hope is as a follow-up because otherwise it's going to create, it's already creating a bit of an issue between um, two communities. Uh, and that the last thing we need in, in football, in capital football, is to have more division. That's it. And like you said, you know, um, the big issue I have with it is, like, like you said, the communication. And a little bit further on, we actually have a little bit interesting um, things about that communication in terms of the MPL youth bit. But my issue is that's a lot of potential pathways that are being cut. That's that that that's my big issue. Um, that's why I would have rather just another team being put on. Or like you said, if you're gonna cut it, give them an extra year so they're not signing so that, you know, like for example, Paul only just signed to be the women's director. Now he's being told, yep, uh, possibly the women's program could be, you know, decimated from this. And also they just signed with uh, Emma Stanbury as well. Like you said, it's all about that sort of Situation. So sponsors and shirt deals, like they were saying. And like, like he said, he's going to say in this interview right now. A lot of regional players from places that you didn't mention, like bigger Batemans Bay. That that's what interested me, uh, in, in, intrigued me. Sorry about what he said. All right, so we said it, and here we go. Here's our interview with um, Paul Townsley. Okay, we are here with Paul Townsley, the Monaro MPLW 
uh, female director. And of course, Paul, you were hit. You guys were all hit with that bombshell on Friday that you guys have been excluded from the MPLW competition. Uh, can you just tell us, you know, your initial reactions and um, what was, yeah, what was your initial uh, thoughts on the whole matter? What sort of communication did you get, Paul? Like, how were you, how are you made aware? And uh, and I guess what's the what's the follow up as far as uh, as far as the girls go, really? Um, we received an email on Friday uh, detailing the uh, the actual decision that we've been unsuccessful in our application based upon the level of qualifications of our coaches um, and past performance. Um, and playing player numbers over the last three seasons. Um, which which in in saying that I think that you know we accepted that last season was going to be a very difficult and challenging season. It was a COVID hit season, there was eight games. Um, I came on board in February, so recruited um, quite hard. We had the partnerships, so we had a lot of girls coming forward. We had no pre season. Um, so, you know, I think the girls did exceptionally well throughout the season and developed. Um, very much. So on the basis of the actual decision, I think it's a decision that is obviously based on uh, um, history as opposed to what we're actually trying to uh, develop and move forward as, as both a club and a partnership and for the benefit and welfare of um, a pathway and an effective some pathway for certain girls in uh, Canberra. Did you get in touch with some of your players already? What, what did you tell them? from Capital Football offering a follow-up with the players if the decision withstands? Um, basically, they, we, we received the, uh, the email, um, the information, and obviously uh, followed the email clarifying, I think, which all the clubs got with regards to the uh, current structure 
um, there's been no further communication as far as I'm aware with regards to uh, uh, the players um, from Capital Football at all. And Paul, and another reason why I'm sure you would have been disappointed is because I've I've talked to you in the last couple of weeks. You guys were getting, you were having your own trials, you know, before this decision was made, and you were talking about how how happy you were with the the increased numbers for the women's uh, youth trials for Monaro. And of course, you've got uh, you had Emma Stanbury as coach as well. What do you know? What what are those things looking like at the moment? decision stays what it is uh, what what's your strategy with the, with the players that still wish to play at Monaro Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Paul. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome, welcome. Thank you very much indeed for uh, inviting me to uh, talk today. That's all good, Paul. Anytime. Thank you. Uh, very interesting what uh, Paul had to say there. Like I said, I just found interesting how he talked about all the regional players that people wouldn't expect to play for them, like from the South Coast, for example. Any last things before we move on to the MPL2 exclusion? Yeah, I mean, it was great to, uh, to listen to Paul and thanks, Paul, for being available um, for us. You know, I think... I think Paul said it well, and uh, and we talked about it before. We understand we understand the reasons why the decision is made. We understand that you know for um, for 
the best players of the competition. Maybe playing a game on a Tuesday night when you're going to win 10-0 is not something that you want to do and, and you want to straighten the competition and maybe that the NPLW become a little bit smaller will make the NPLW stronger. We can understand that that, that is reason and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm all for it to have a stronger competition. Uh, I guess the main issue is the pathway for those girls and, uh, and what's going to be with them now. Indeed. So... Yeah, unfortunate there. Best of luck to Monaro Panthers women's and all those players, not just from the seniors, like we said, all the way from 13s, coaching 13s up, coaching staff, the volunteers. Hopefully they can um, you know, get on their feet, whether it's State League or or um, you know, if they move on to another club. Hope, hope the best for all those future pathways for women's football in the outer, in the Queanbeyan and outer Canberra regions. So now let's move on to MPL2. Now this is a bit of an interesting one because um, Narabunda wasn't announced and there was a, I have it on, on, on good authority that Narabunda did not reapply. Um, they didn't want to, the club didn't want to comment on it and they didn't want to comment on the whole situation. Um, all they said was, um, we just wish everyone the best of luck in um, 2021. But I have it on good authority that they didn't re- reapply. So... Jeremy, do you believe they did not reapply because, as sort of Paul and other people have stated, they looked at it, uh, it seems like Capital Football looked at it on ba- purely based on results. And do you feel like since the results didn't come this year for them and the fact that they most of the games they weren't able to field 15 players in a whole team sheet, do you feel that's why they decided, look, we're not going to... It, um, it won't be beneficial for us to just reapply or do you, uh, do you feel that was the reason or do you feel it was they don't have the resources to compete um, with the other clubs who seemingly all strengthened over the summer you know maybe a bit of both uh, we, we've spoken about NPL2 quite a bit this season uh, and you got some clubs you know Queen Bean City Ugali O'Connor uh, and, and White Eagle all of them really um their structure, then they they were manning up to try and get the promotion. Uh, so a lot of clubs were for sure going to be in NPL two this season because they already had the structure. Now Abunda wasn't uh, wasn't the most structural club this season. I mean, as far as we saw in NPL two, because like you said, um, they were not always able to field um, the, the 15 players on it. Maybe they just look at this season and you know felt like. Um, it's been a very hard year, like it's been a very hard year on every club. Uh, maybe the year has been a little bit harder on them uh, and they didn't want to go into a... Uh, maybe they had almost all the resources, they didn't want to do into the into the disappointment of being cut or maybe they felt like if they're not going to be cut, maybe they were not able to actually fill the team in NPL2 that can then compete to go up to NPL1 because if you're going to be in NPL2, you, you better have the hope that you're going to go up in one, two or three seasons, otherwise there's no point having a team in there. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I hope that's what it is. Maybe they knew they were doomed because of the results, like you said, uh, and so that just discouraged them. Uh, I would hope that if they had the resources to be able to say, hey, that was just a one-off and we'll be able to bounce back, they would have uh, put a proposition through. I guess it helps that they didn't because it's it's a little bit less heartbreaking than, than PLW because at least they was sort of on the, on the court. Yeah, no, um, that, 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 that does make sense. But in terms of Narabunda, I, the reason why I'm, a, I, I'm disappointed they won't be in here next, next, next season is because I was looking forward to seeing how they would do with the full team constantly because uh, the matches I saw with them, they, they had some pretty good performances. I mean, uh, the season before this season in 2019, they didn't, 
they finished second last, I believe. They didn't finish last. And also with a whole team, I feel like they could have actually, you know, improved on what they've done. Because I saw them against uh, against quite a few teams. But one that stands out to me was against White Eagles, where they uh, they lost 2-0, but they had a penalty first up. They missed the penalty. But they created quite a few chances. And White Eagles punished them in the end. But they had... And, they, and their keeper, Alex Popiero, also got injured in that match. So you had... Um, you had uh, John Azalanado, who's the coach slash player coach, and he's the um, backup goalkeeper. So he came on. He didn't concede a goal. But I saw on the bench only had two other players. So if they had like a full strength the entire time, I feel like they could have had a better run for their money. Um, so that's why I'm a bit disappointed to see not see them in here because I was intrigued to see how can they compete with a full squad constantly and with the full resources they can have. But all the best to Narabunda and the club. Hopefully they can... Um, you know, they can uh, move forward in that regard. So before we move on, I'll just read what they said on Facebook. The Narrabunda Facebook page said this, Capital Football have announced that they are reverting back to the 18 structure for MPL 2 next season. We'll no longer be competing in MPL from next season. We've enjoyed playing the competition and thank all our players and supporters. We would like to take this moment to say a special thank you to head coach John Ozalonado and his hard work and dedication in the role of MPL 2 coach. Without his passion for the game, uh, club and players, we would not have been able to compete in this competition. Along with Jono, Alex Belpiero, MPL2 captain and club secretary, also played a vital role in us being able to even play in MPL2. We'll continue competing in the men's and women's state leagues. Our priority will be to strengthen our teams in these competitions when we welcome, uh, and we'll, of course we welcome any new players interested in joining our club in 2021. Stay tuned uh, for further details. So at least they have a plan going forward, state league for their men's and women's. So, uh, yeah, best of luck to them. Um, any last uh, comments on that, Jeremy? No, but best of luck. And I think it's a, it's a great message that they put out there. It's, it's very unfortunate that we're not going to stay mid NPL 2 uh, But as long as they they knew that what that was going to happen and it was on their own accord, um, good on them. And, uh, and we're looking forward to seeing them on the state league pitches. Indeed. And before we wrap up this NPL 2 um, uh, Stay tuned to the Facebook. I'll be doing more. Uh, I'll be doing more interviews. I had one with Gabby Wilk, and that was that was an interesting one, wasn't okay. it? No one, no one saw Gabby Wilk to Queen City coming. A lot of people thought, "Oh, he's going to go back to Kuma. He's going to go back to Kuma," because uh, I was because I saw his post on Facebook where he said, "Big things coming," and I started asking around, saying, "What do you know about Gabby? You know, moving here, moving." No one really knew. Everyone just assumed, "Oh, he's been there so long. He'll go back to Kuma eventually, right? Even if it's not next year, you know, whenever." Um, Ryan Grogan wraps up there and then boom so uh, yeah so him and then there's quite a few coaching changes and obviously later on we'll have a massive full on one but I think we've had Wagga City Wanderers Michael Babbage has stepped down due to work commitments uh, congratulations to him again uh, I think Jim Dawson has moved on I think they've got a new head coach at ANU I've seen of course Queen City Gabby and Jayu Wilk um, and then they've also got Brenda Bell is definitely staying with Zoran Glovnich. O'Connor, I believe, is staying with the Terraniches. And so it's, intri- it's, it's intriguing to see there's quite a bit of change in MPL2. So we'll have some uh, new faces, to say the least, uh, saying some stuff on the podcast. And of course, MPL1, uh, quite a few things have happened there. Monaro, Francasia, absolutely massive for them, especially when, um, uh, especially when they finished where they did and they need to improve. Um, they need to improve while when there's going to be relegation next season. I don't think there is a better way than bringing in someone like For Frank sure. Of course, Frank Asher, a good friend of the show, but 
he's been one of the most successful coaches and now he's at Monaro, uh, which is absolutely massive for them. What do you think about that quickly before we move on? Oh yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great move. I, you know, I'm also very happy for uh, for Frank. We could see all season being next to uh, Russ in the commentary box. Uh, it was probably itching to be on the sidelines. Uh, you know, I think it's a it's a match made in heaven. Uh, him going to Monaco Panthers and having to develop a squad that we've seen uh, with a lot of potential. Uh, it's great for Monaco. It's great for Frank. And uh, besides Monaro, the other one that has been making massive moves is uh, Tigers. Your um your friend Ryan Grogan, uh, he has been making massive, massive moves. I heard like the we're gonna have. I think there's gonna have Golevsky, Griffiths. Uh, that's just to name a few off 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 the, off the top of my head. That's uh, just absolutely massive. Oh, Timotheo, uh, Timotheo as well. There's that's absolutely massive. Do you, do you see Tigers competing a lot with Monaro this season? I'm seeing a very in, intriguing season ahead, to say the least. Well, you know, I think any coach would say that the first season you're trying to put in place a philosophy and then the second season you're actually seeing the the, the fruits of the seed that you, you planted. So uh, very interesting to see Ryan in the second season, obviously bringing players uh, that are playing from, that used to play for Ryan's friends and, you know, sort of similar kind of coach, Martial Munoz, uh, all coming from Congali and they already know the kind of football that those uh, those kind of coach like. Uh, so it's only going to help Ryan strengthen this, uh, this philosophy. And I mean, a guy like Josh Gulevsky who can score that many goals in a season, who wouldn't want him? Uh, so yeah, really, really good moves for uh, for the Tigers. Yeah, it's it's going to be absolutely intriguing to say the least. I can't wait to discuss this more once. Uh, there's, I'm sure there's going to be more moves before Christmas and more importantly after Christmas, <laughs> uh, which is going to be very intriguing to say the least. All right, so we have our last interview coming up with the Monaro Panthers co-president, Anthony Nicoletti, uh, who just discussed uh, what the MPL youth means for them uh, of course like we said they split into two competitions and tigers taganong and then monaro have been put in the mpl2 youth which he believes has been a um a detriment to the club's finances and he believes this will happen to all the clubs moving forward as the trials commence. okay everybody we're here with um Monaro Panthers co-president Anthony Nicoletti. First and foremost, uh, we have Paul to talk about the MPLW, so you can talk a little about the MPL youth. Uh, you, along with Tigers and Targong, have been put in the MPL2 youth, even though your senior teams are in MPL1. Can you just talk a little bit about how that's going to affect uh, the club moving forward? Has it affected, you know, player movement, player retention, uh, sponsors, you know, the like? Thanks, Matthew, and thanks, Jeremy. Uh, yes, it has been... Uh a very devastating blow to the club and the other clubs also who uh, were uh, told that they're going to be in the NPL, I call it second division, uh, that being uh, Monaro, Panthers, uh, Tuggernong and also Kuma Tigers. The, the issue here is that it will have a massive impact on our clubs, uh, basically in, the, in, in, in revenue and also player retention. So if you look at uh, Tuggernong uh, United and ourselves, we are what's called proper traditional feeder clubs clubs that have uh, the, the complete uh, catchment of juniors from you know under fives right through to the under 18s so this means that it's going to be very hard to retain those athletes that you think that have potential to go uh, forward in the game what have we seen immediately as soon as the announcement was made that, that they were going to split the uh, two uh, MPL, uh, MPL uh, youth into two divisions first and second 
all the all the players have been uh, the strong the real clubs that they knew or people knew or thought they were going to be in MPL one, such as Belconnen, uh, Deacon, Gungarlan, just to name a few. Uh, even Woden, uh, they have and Brindabella, they've been attracting massive numbers, massive numbers in their uh, in their um, uh, trials. Uh, Basically, young boys uh, from other clubs, uh, other regions like Monaro. I know for a fact 20 of our players are pretty much gone, if not more. We'll find out this week, uh, this Sunday, when we hold trials. Uh, my gut feeling is we're probably lucky to attract enough players for each team in the trials because of this decision. Uh, it is a decision that I think will be the downfall of clubs unless they uh, work out a way to change their business models in, in raising revenue. For example, and the prime, prime example is at every club on average charges about $1,000 in registration fees to participate in the uh, MPL youth team. Uh, it'll be very hard for these clubs now to even charge $500, I dare say, to, to participate in MPL um, youth team too. This is a very shock. The, the whole thing was a shock to all clubs. Uh, this was rammed down our uh, throats really much uh, by uh, Capital Football. We never knew this was coming. Uh, this was something that was came up pretty quickly. Uh, I was a member of the PL uh, Standing Advisory Committee, uh, and when we found out about this, we said, no, do not go ahead. This is just too dangerous. It will hurt clubs. The technical committee, in their wisdom, they've never probably worked in a club, probably never turned a sausage on a barbecue on a cold winter Saturday to put these kids on the, on the park, uh, decided, no, nah, it's a great idea. We're going through with it. So yes, it's going to be very tough times for those three clubs in particular. I know Stan and Harry very well. I know they're not going to give up with a fight. They will actually do whatever it takes to make their club survive, as Monaro will in uh, in the Monaro Queanbeyan region. Uh, we will not we will not take this line down uh, easy. Uh, we will build the club. Uh, we're looking forward to a great year, uh, and certainly we won't let the incompetence of Capital Football. Uh, take this club down. 53 year history, my, f my family, my mum and my dad started this club with wonderful Italian immigrants uh, kicking a ball around in the paddock and we're not going to let some incompetent bureaucrats sitting in an office in Deca bring this club down. Alright Jeremy, before we wrap up the show, do you have any thoughts on the um, MPL youth? I know we usually don't talk about it on the show but it's been big news so I like. Uh, do you have any uh, thoughts on it? Yeah, look, I really appreciate uh, Anthony Nicoletti being on the on the show to discuss um, how he impacts his club. I mean, you know, we were just we were just talking about how great it is for for Frank Kasha to come in and coach the uh, the NPL one team, and now next thing you know, he's gonna he's not gonna have the same um, I guess the same resources because NPL youth is in Division two as far as Monaro goes, uh, so a lot of players might not actually decide to stay in this side of town um, to, to play in the best level of, of youth, which is a bit a bit of a shame. I, I think, you know, same thing that I've said, I guess, before. It's it's just about communication and about how those things are done. Uh, hopefully there is um, promotion or relegation from season from day one for uh, for NPL youth. And then, you know, a club like Monaro can field the best team in NPL youth too and, and try and go up. But um, but if, if not, um, it just it's just a little bit, uh, I guess, weird that NPL youth one is not a mirror of NPL1 and NPL2, a mirror of NPL2, uh, minus a couple of teams that maybe don't have a youth team. And if you want to have Radford College in there, I understand. Uh, but you got Brita Bella in Youth Division 1, but in NPL2, uh, same for Wagga City. Yep. 
uh, and then you have, you have Griffith, which is I guess you got it kind of thing, but not really. Uh, so so yeah, you know I hope that communication was good with uh, with those clubs and that there's not going to be too much of a downfall. But you know we, we've just heard the one of the core president of a club, so. Well, the thing I find intriguing, especially for Monaro, I can understand the frustration in terms of, for ages, Monaro have always been good in terms of building youth. Um, they've always had a massive youth thing, and they, they, their issue was never, all right, uh, we need to improve the youth, because they were always had the youth. Their issue was, how do we hold on to this youth once they get beyond 18s, 23s, and how do we keep them and integrate them in the squad, and how do we, you know... And they've gone on a limb this season, and I'm sure they're going to be spending. Um, I'm sure they're going to be spending a lot of money to bring uh, Frank the players that he he wants, and uh, he believes he'll need to not only stay up this season but to compete because that's uh, a coach like Frank. That's what he wants to do. He wants to compete. So they've gone out of limb. They've spent the money, I'm sure, and bringing big players for Frank, and they believe, yep, that's sorted. And as soon as they believe that's sorted, then you have this MPL youth. And let's look at it in terms of clubs like Tuggeranong and Tigers as well. Tigers is going to be difficult because now you've got, you know, uh, 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 in terms of Tigers, considering they are technically based in Kuma, I know they train here. So you've already got like less of a catchment area in terms of Kuma. Now, will do you think they'll be able to struggle to attract these player, these youth players, since now from Canberra now that they're in MPL youth too? Yeah, I think it's it's going to be um, really hard as well for for a club like Tigers for sure because um, why would you go all the way down there and play in NPLY2? So it's, you, you can see it two way. Maybe it's great for the player that live around the Kuma region because they might have a chance that maybe they didn't have when they were in, in youth one. Uh, but altogether, it just looks like it's, um, yeah, weakening it. I, I think I'm just more shocked for, for Monaro because they won it. Uh, in 2019, yeah. uh, the, the under-18 in NPL youth, and this season they did a little bit less well, but Wooden Western was worse off, and they ended up being an NPL Y1. So. And Tuggerong, I, th- I believe, might find themselves an issue in terms of, now it's all about competition, right? We all know Mona- uh, Tuggerong, along with Monaro, and a lot of the southern regions, they've got a massive juniors base, and now they might see an issue where you won't go to Brindabella. they might go to Brindabella or even West West Canberra Wanderers <laughs> as well because they're very close. So now you've got now you've got very not not different issues, but it's like they, they do seem like everyone has like their own sort of these three clubs all have their own sort of issue when it comes to this, right? One's about catchment, one's about competition, and the other is about is about um and a pathway that's already improved that might be a, a detriment to now. So it's going to be interesting to say the least. All right, well, thank you very much for joining me, Jeremy. Uh, technical dif- difficulties and everything aside, <laughs> as always, I uh, greatly appreciate it. And um, uh, what, are you, what are you doing this? Uh, just chat a little bit about what you're going to be doing uh, this uh, off-season, how you're staying in touch with the game and uh, uh, what you look uh, forward to hearing from the off-season. Oh, wow. What I'm doing, I'm doing a little bit. I'm doing my you know, podcast yep. about French football, the Farmers Corners FC, where I'm a bit of fun. Uh, I'm partaking in a podcast about my club, Marseille, a bunch of English people from Leeds and Washington, D.C. and Singapore. We are meeting once a week on a, on a podcast called The Marseille View, where right now we just rant about how bad our club is. But hopefully soon enough we'll be happy about it. Uh, and as far as the the football here in in Canberra and in in Australia, uh, I'm writing in French and I'm about to do a French podcast about 
the A League, the W League, and, and the NPL as well. So I'm making sure I keep busy and I try and keep in touch with uh, with the game. I'm trying to give uh, all the coaches that I really thank for how great they were all season with us uh, a break and, and not um, asking them too much questions right now. But I'm about to come back and to uh, to ask them what's going on in their off season and uh, and what they are doing. But yeah, look, it was great always to be in a podcast with you. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, I'm just looking forward to. Uh, to the next communication from Capital Football, and I want them to announce that there's going to be promotion relegation in NPL Youth, and then I'll be a little bit happier. <laughs> no that, pressure. <laughs> that, that is definitely fair enough. Best of luck, everyone. Go uh, look on Jeremy's socials and follow his thing, especially if you're a fan of French football. And uh, what did I tell you about uh, Kovac? What did I tell you? Uh, Ma- Monaco not going too well. Well, they won 4 0 yesterday. They're going, they're back up. <laughs> they just won 4 0. They're doing okay. Uh, German qualitat is coming to France. <laughs> All right, now let's uh, thank you very much, everybody. Thanks for joining. Like I said, stay tuned to Facebook and the social medias. I'm going to be having some interviews with some new coaches and just some general news that will be going around. Like I said, there will be more of the Gabby thing every every week or so or every couple of weeks. Um, I'll be doing something like that. So thank you very much. And just enjoy the off-season. Enjoy the nice weather, more importantly. the rain's. I think the rain's over for now. <laughs> thank you, everybody.